0: hey all you rock and rollers out there in podcast land it is time yes it's friday night it is the fortress of rock with me the maestro kevin crane glad as always to have you aboard first day of september 2023 some would say this is the end of summer this weekend this labor day extravaganza Others say, no, 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 technically it doesn't end for another couple weeks. Old school people like you and me know, summer is pretty much over here. Once we get through the nasty heat that we're going to get here over the next three or four days, and then the gloom and doom is on the horizon for those of us in the Midwest the upper Midwest, the Northeast. If you're in Florida, Arizona, Nevada, good for you. California, I don't care if the weather's good. Sucks to be you. All right, we've got a lot of controversy this week. We're going to hold off on the, the negative negative. For the most part, try to get you through news of the world here. Our first segment, as always, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen. Before we get into the nastiness, the divisive political speak coming out of the world of rock and roll. And of course, a couple significant deaths to discuss. Let's try to cover everything else that might have at least some semblance of a positive connotation. But let me apologize first and foremost. I am not a reality show type of guy. Even though we'll be talking a lot about reality TV throughout this episode, bear with me. I needed to get confirmation. I didn't know that... An established awesome band like steel Panther was fighting their way through America's got talent, NBC's reality competition show. I got an email from steel Panther about a week ago, vote for rock vote for steel Panther. Check out the August 29th episode of America's Got Talent. Did I watch the episode? No, I watched the clips the next day. Again, I I don't understand how Steel Panther qualifies as an up-and-coming talent. They even told the panel, Simon Cowell, Heidi Klum, Sophia vergara howie mandel we've got six albums out not counting the live stuff but as long as america gets exposed no pun intended to steel panther we're all better for it so again i did not realize that steel panther headbutt had been on this show in may in the audition phase playing eyes of a panther and then here in the next round again the august 29th show of course get out there on youtube you can watch the video clips they had to change the lyrics of course no shock there i don't know how many songs if any Steel Panther could perform from their catalog on network television that would pass. But they played death to all but metal. Awesome song. Unfortunately, the voting results were disclosed the next night, August the 30th, and alas and alack, Steel Panther did not make the cut to the next round. But still, a fun time had by all. Again, check out the clips on YouTube. Find the ones where you get the full reaction. Not just the performance, but you get the reactions from the, the panel. Now, I am, again, I'm not a fan of reality TV. I think it's staged. I think it's manipulated. They're showing an old guy in the crowd putting his fingers in his ears what is this a twisted sister video come on that was a plant even if the guy didn't like steel panther of course he's wearing an old flannel checked shirt outside of the fact that steel panther was awesome this is manipulative reality television at its worst the rest of the crowd did seem to enjoy it. The panelists, I think, faked their way through it. Simon Cowell looked like he was trying to poop a watermelon, but then comes out and says, this wasn't good. It was great. He didn't look like he enjoyed a single minute of it. I think Heidi Klum was the only one that actually showed genuine enthusiasm for steel panther so again take it for what you will if you like reality tv that's good for you there's guilty pleasures out there for all of us i watch wrestling so there you go but again sorry i didn't give you a chance to vote for steel panther by reporting this a bit earlier I thought it was a put-on I thought it was a joke so shame that Steel Panther did not advance on America's Got Talent a new Duran Duran album is coming out October the 27th now it is not exclusively new material I, I believe three new songs and then some some songs that are rarities from their catalog and some cover songs. But the interesting thing about this new album, again, out October the 27th, note the date, this is almost like a Halloween album. You know how everybody, all these artists, their brothers, their sisters, are putting out Christmas albums. Well, this is almost Duran Duran putting out a Halloween album. If you look at the song titles, I'm not going to go through them all. You can check out this, the track list online. But between the covers that they chose, the new songs, and then some of the the B-sides and rarities they're throwing in there, you can definitely tell this has a dark, gothic theme to it. So I do admire the fact that they're putting together kind of a theme album here. Definitely way, way off into uncharted territory for them when it comes to this type of vibe. This is not the pastel-clad, sunny-poppy Duran Duran of the 80s. So be very interested to check out the new album called Dance Macabre. And of course, the fact that the end of the year is usually very barren territory for new releases, I would imagine we'll review this in early November here on the Fortress of Rock. It's not rock and roll, but I've got to mention this. This is wicked, ridiculous, phenomenal news. We've got the writer strike. We've got the actor strike in Hollywood. Of course, we, we're not talking about that kind of stuff here. This is about music. But this has created an opening, an opportunity for alternative forms of entertainment to hit your local cinemas. And of course, Taylor Swift dare I quote John Lennon, bigger than God right now, has announced October the 13th, sporadic runs here, two or three days at a time throughout the month, I believe even into November. Her concert film, The Eras Tour, has been announced is going to hit theaters. Pre-sales are underway and they are destroying all previous pre-sale records, including movies like The Force Awakens. Yes, the most popular Star Wars movie of all time. No, wait. The most popular movie in U.S. history based on box office revenue. Taylor Swift, the eras tour, the movie in one day thirty seven million dollars in pre-sales. you want to talk about Republican blocks, Democrat blocks, the Taylor Swift block, the Swifties are more powerful than any block in this country right now. thirty seven million. First day, pre-sales. Foreigner. Interesting interview here recently with Lou Graham, former lead singer of Foreigner. He claims there are eight or nine almost complete unreleased Foreigner songs from back when he was in the band, the classic lineup, or most of it as I would call it. Almost a full album's worth of material that he says is top quality, very good, and again, maybe a few little producing engineering tweaks needed to clean it up and get it out. But of course, there's controversy. Lou Graham said he thought he had two copies. Mick Jones, of course, the founder of Foreigner reached out, his camp reached out, asking for a copy. Lou Graham, thinking he had two copies, gave up one and then realized the second copy that he thought he had was not the unreleased Foreigner songs. It was something else, some other material altogether. And now McJones Camp, even though they've they've kind of acknowledged that there is music out there from past Foreigner sessions, are being pretty hush-hush about this, which is a shame, because just put it out. Put it out. A nine-song Foreigner album featuring the classic lineup from, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, whenever these tracks were recorded. Just do it. Don't. Don't hesitate. And now Lou Graham's fear is that what they're going to do is they're going to take these songs and have Kelly Hansen and the current lineup re-record them and put them out as some kind of a final foreigner album. I would think Lou Graham would have a say in that. Sounds like he has songwriting credits on all these songs. So I don't think he could technically allow the release as one of the songwriters, we'll see what happens with this. Now, Foreigner, as they are currently constituted, Kelly Hansen, again, the lead singer, Jeff Pilsen on bass, the rest of the guys. This is going to be another one of those farewell tours that goes on forever. As they have announced, they have a Vegas residency coming up in 2024 at the Venetian dates in the spring and dates in the fall of 2024 so that tells you right there we're looking at at least a year plus for the famous farewell tour for too many f's famous farewell foreigner tour famous farewell foreigner tour you say that 10 times fast anyway Foreigner will be on their farewell tour, their famous farewell tour, at least until the fall of 2024, if not beyond. And then finally, before we move into the big controversies of the week, I hope everything turns out well for Blink-182 and particularly Travis Barker. Blink-182 has had to postpone four shows due to a serious family matter involving Travis Barker. Of course, he's married to one of the Kardashians, so take that for what you will. I'm sure we'll hear about what the situation, what the circumstances are. Let's hope nobody is deathly ill or there's nothing wrong with an impending birth or something like that. So hopefully Blink-182 will make up those four shows and everything within Travis Barker's family is okay. All right, controversies, controversies, controversies. The Lou Graham stuff doesn't qualify. That's not really a big political PC woke controversy. Now, I have a love-hate thing with this kind of stuff because I do love to express my opinion. Otherwise, why would I have a podcast? But at the same time, it just depresses me. It just depresses me and makes me sad and angry that people in rock and roll think they're smarter, think they're better than everybody else, yet they turn out by some of the things they do and say to be the most ignorant among us let's start off with john mellencamp john mellencamp kind of went both ways this week in an interview on bill maher's podcast he said something very profound and smart and something very profoundly stupid john mellencamp says and i'm paraphrasing all of this that he does not like hip-hop and rap music, particularly because of the use of the N-word and how the use of the N-word is selling the music to young white men. I have been saying this for years and years and years. I completely concur. I completely agree with him. Now the world the way it is stinks. It sucks. There's hypocrisy all over the place. hypocrisy abounds. And we'll talk more about that throughout the show. But it's good to hear somebody like john Mellencamp who has some clout. Finally, voice this stop using the n word altogether. It's nasty. It's racist. And I don't care if you want to say, well, certain people can say it and other people can't, that's not the way it works. We either decide that a word is hate speech or it is not hate speech. There are not exceptions based on race, color, creed, religion. A word is either violent, offensive, or it's not. So on this front, Kudos to John Mellencamp, but now he puts his foot in his mouth in the same interview. Now, this isn't really music related, but he is music related. So he says to Bill Maher, one to 2% of the U.S. population of African Americans are better off than their slave ancestors one to two percent and of course bill maher comes back with have you seen what professional athletes make predominantly african-american professional athletes just to start the conversation not talking about the aforementioned rap and hip-hop artists that he hates so much and how much they pull in. And then Mellencamp decides to change the number to 10%. And again, I'm paraphrasing, says, oh, well, I'm just throwing these numbers out there. I'm just talking out of my butt. Don't go on a popular podcast or a popular TV show and start spouting statistics that you have no backing for and say, well, I'm just talking out of my butt. That's embarrassing, it's immature, it's petulant, and it's pathetic. And John Mellencamp, he won't be, but he should be ashamed of himself. Come up with some viable statistics to back your point up. Otherwise, keep your mouth shut. It's dangerous to say things like that. It is pathetic. And again, immature beyond belief. But again, John Mellencamp is never going to be known as the picture of maturity. Oh, but it gets better, kids. Oh, it gets better. Then we've got the trans controversies in rock and roll. Alice Cooper came out recently and said he thinks this whole transgender controversy is a quote-unquote fad. Now you can take that for what you will. But it cost Alice Cooper, I don't think a lot, but a little bit, as he lost a deal he had with a company called Vampire Cosmetics, V-A-M-P-Y-R-E as they did not feel those comments by Alice reflected how their company views transgender people and the movement as a whole. The only thing I'm going to say about this particular story is that I'm fascinated with how we have let a loud minor segment of society. Yes, minor. If you look at the numbers statistically, I'll talk statistics, true statistics, if John Mellencamp won't, a very, very small percentage of the U.S. population somehow have gained so much power over our libraries, over our retailers, our companies, to pressure them into featuring them in advertising, or at the very least here with somebody like Alice Cooper telling them, shut your mouth. Don't talk about it. Censoring them basically. Now I'm not saying I'm, I'm sticking up for any viewpoint on this, but I am saying I will stick up for the fact that people have the right to voice their opinions without losing their livelihood. Now, if you're sponsoring a product and you say this product sucks, that's different, that's a violation of the contract you probably signed with said company. But if you're selling this product and then you go out and say something in an interview about a completely different topic and you don't say something that inspires violence, there is no way justifiably the company has the right to drop you as a sponsor or a spokesperson. And this is the kind of screwed up, messed up world we live in where certain factions of our society are trying to silence us. And you know, censorship is always a big platform that I speak about here on the Fortress of Rock. I hate censorship. You have your opinion. I have mine. Everybody has one. We know the old saying doesn't invalidate your opinion. Your opinion might not be popular, but I don't believe anybody has the right to say another person's opinion is right or wrong. Not without digging into, again, statistics and proof, scientific proof, mathematical statistics to disprove a specific point of view so then we move on to carlos santana who i think got bullied bullied by the media another problem in our society into apologizing for quote unquote anti-trans statements if you've read his statements you please tell me how they are anti-trans because he said a woman is a woman and a man is a man he did not say i hate transgender people so now we can't say a woman is a woman and a man is a man without having to grovel and apologize in front of the cameras in front of reporters again a major major problem with our society we need to start fighting back on this And we need to tell the small, small, small percentage of people who think they have dominion over us, we need to finally step up and say, stop it. Live your life the way you want, but that doesn't mean you get to shout everybody else down who wants to live the life they want to. I have a friend who works... In let's say a a business, a section of society that has to deal with all this controversial transgender stuff when it comes to books, and I have to listen to what he has to go through day in and day out, and it's both sides. Both sides are ridiculously militant in how they handle the situation. Live and let live, everybody, trans, non-trans non-binary whatever you are live your life and leave the rest of us alone i don't care if you're gay straight leave the rest of us alone you don't have the right to censor people on any side you don't have the right to shout people down assault people force things on children impressionable children who don't They don't have the capacity to make up their minds yet on certain issues, many issues. And that is the one thing I will never, ever do on this show. Technically, I will apologize if I made a statistical error or an error reciting rock and roll history. I apologize about Steel Panther because I didn't have the time to research the issue. But I will not apologize for my viewpoints. I will not. And I wish people like Carlos Santana didn't have to. Because again, I think he was bullied into this. And you know why he was bullied? Because of people like Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day. This is the final big rock and roll controversy of the week. Billy Joe Armstrong, I paid $120 to see Green Day about six years ago. And all he did was spew vile, nasty language about Donald Trump. That's fine. If you hate Donald Trump, you hate Donald Trump. I don't care if you hate Joe Biden, you hate Joe Biden. I don't care. But if I'm paying $120 for a ticket, play music, entertain me. And now he's gone further. Now with all the, the legal proceedings surrounding Donald Trump Green Day has released a Nimrod T-shirt, of course. That's one of their albums with Donald Trump's mugshot on it. Oh, but all proceeds go to charity. Oh, isn't Billy Joe Armstrong the greatest guy in the world? No, he's a petulant wine bag. He's the boy that won't grow up. I want my way. I want my way. And I will force you to listen to what I have to say. Again. He's a problem with society, and I despise him. I despise Billy Joe Armstrong with a passion. I've always said, though, I can separate the music from the person. All right, finally, a couple notable passings in the world of music. Not the headlining people, the headlining guitarists in these two bands, but still they made an impact. Bernie Marsden. In Whitesnake and Jack Sonny in Dire Straits. Again, these aren't the names that jump out at you when you think about the people that played behind Mark Knopfler and David Coverdale. You know, Pick Withers, John Ilsley come to mind for Dire Straits, you know, Vivian Campbell. Right now, Joel Holkstra, Reb Beach for for Whitesnake, but we have to acknowledge those who maybe weren't as significant, but were still significant. Rest in peace, Jack Sonny, Bernie Marsden, the Fortress of Rock will be right back with the offspring. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane, of course. That was segment one, the news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes breakdown where we are going to review all the new songs, all the new albums, all the new concert tours, the shows that I've seen personally. Stay tuned for that. Of course, we're now available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket PocketCast, and Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hang out, kids. We'll be right back all right everybody welcome back to the fortress of rock like i said i don't apologize so i tried to do my best to restrain myself in segment one when we get into politics and the woke culture we live in and how i think it's destroying not only rock and roll but our education system our political system When it bleeds into rock and roll, I'm going to cover it and I'm not going to hold back. So there you go. Again, no apologies. I plan out what I'm going to say. I say it from the heart as well. I'm not apologizing for how I feel and you shouldn't either. If you're completely 180 degrees opposed to everything I said, good for you. You stick with it. You fight for what you believe in. But keep in mind, you don't have the right to tell everybody else that they're wrong. All right. As the summer concert season winds down, few more concerts left in September to cover for you. But last Friday night, I was treated to the glorious, first-time-ever experience known as an Offspring Concert. Now I will say this, Sum 41 and Simple Plan opened the show, and of course this is Breakdown Segment 2, as always, where we review new music, concerts. Our tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. The concerts I've seen this year, a lot of them I have seen opening acts that I really didn't care about at all, just to get to the headliners. A few weeks ago, of course, the most glaring example of that is Stained opening for Godsmack. I just I despise Aaron Lewis. I despise Stained with a passion. I think they're awful in terms of their music talent and their ability. I think Aaron Lewis is just an absolute pathetic human being. But I still try my best because if you've gone to a lot of concerts, you know. Sometimes an opening act can surprise you. You walk out happier with what you saw from the opening act than you did from the headliner. And I have said it time and time again, last, last spring, late, late winter, early spring last year, 2022, when I saw Greta Van Fleet, I was treated to the rival Sons, And I'm going to get to see them again here. In about eight days i would love to see them as an opening act anytime i can but i really really need to see them as a headliner same problem i have with living color i have never gotten to see living color as a headliner so i can get a 80 90 100 minute set of their music so i have been trying to endure this spotty slate of opening acts throughout this run here in mid to late summer in what we've been calling the Festival of Rock 2023. Some 41 and Simple Plan didn't do much for me. Were they abysmal? Were they awful? No. Simple Plan is too much of the typical early 2000s whiny emo bands where my life is pathetic my life stinks you won't even look at me you won't love me why am i like this blah 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 so take that for what you will that's basically my review of simple plan now they had great sound They had a nice camera set up. Of course, I saw them where I've been seeing most of my concerts this year at the Ruoff Music Center in Noblesville, Indiana. The interesting thing was, after them came Sum 41 on their farewell tour, Kinda, Sorta. This is kind of a precursor, and then they're going to go out next year on a headlining jaunt, which I think will be officially their farewell tour. They are putting out a new album. At some point, I think I would have liked some 41 better, but for some reason, their sound quality was bad. They didn't get to use all the cameras that Simple Plan did for some reason. So the experience with them was not as good as Simple Plan, but I think the music, if, if I can kind of get through the sludge, the mess that was the sound mix. I think I would have enjoyed the music better if I could have got the same level of sound quality, but I was there for the Offspring. So let me preface this by saying, I have always loved the Offspring, but I have always been scared to see them live in concert. They've always seemed to me to be more of a studio band. Dexter Holland, as great as he is, I just didn't think his voice would be able to hold up through an entire show. Noodles, is he really that great of a guitarist? Of course, there's a lot of of pre-recorded stuff that you knew they were going to have to bring into the live scenario because it was just too hard to replicate. Let me tell you this. Just about an hour and a half we got of the offspring. The set list was perfect. The band was stellar. Couldn't have wished for a better show. They came through gold, Jerry, gold. I mean, they were awesome beyond belief. Right up there with Extreme this year in terms of the best shows I've seen and earlier way back in the winter months with Alter Bridge. Those three shows have been by far the best I've seen this year. Now, before we get into breaking down the set list track by track, I will say something else positive about The Offspring. The worst part of the concert is the downtime between acts as you sit there and you wonder how long is it going to take if you don't have access to some of these venues some of these bands websites where they tell you specifically we're going to be on from 9 to ten thirty. you sit there and you wonder okay am i going to get hosed if i go to the bathroom, am I gonna get hosed if I go buy an overpriced $18 beer? Which I don't do by the way. The offspring had a countdown clock and then had a lot of fun after some 41 left the stage in preparation for for them, the offspring coming out. They had a guy dressed up in a gorilla suit. Kind of similar to, if you've ever seen uh, the Phoenix Suns in the NBA, their mascot. They had a kiss cam. They had uh, the gorilla guy shooting off T-shirt cannons into the crowd. Great music. Not weird, but different music. Let's put it this way. The final song that played before The Offspring took the stage was take on me by aha. I wish, wish, wish more bands would learn from the offspring. Keep us entertained. Keep us engaged. If you're not gonna come on for 30 minutes, that's fine. But let's do some different things. We don't need to hear the same tired old rock songs. Oh, Sweet Home Alabama, Thunderstruck. Come on. I appreciate what The Offspring did for us in the 30 minutes leading up to their fantastic set. So let's go through The Offspring. Last Friday night, August the 25th at the Ruoff Music Center in Noblesville, Indiana, And of course, they start off with a song that's very important to me personally. The first song that really grabbed me and pulled me in and made me an Offspring fan. Come out and play. Again, this is an example of a song, though, that has parts that need to be played pre-recorded. That's a big controversy, of course, in rock and roll now as well. Backing tracks, you know, things like that, pre-recorded segments. I don't have a problem with it if it's just going to be too difficult to replicate live. And that happens to be the case with some of the Offspring stuff. So come out and play. Awesome, awesome way to start the show. Then we get All I Want, Want You Bad, title track off the last album, Let the Bad Times Roll, Staring at the Sun original prankster awesome hit that hammerhead bad habit and then we get noodles on guitar with his kinda sorta guitar solo interlude where he plays little snippets of iron man iron maidens the trooper sweet child of mine and then playing against a video cartoon version of himself on the monitors in the Hall of the Mountain King. Very entertaining. And then we segue into a cover of the Ramones, Blitzkrieg Bop. Perfect cover song for a band like The Offspring. And then everything gets intense and better as if the first half of the show wasn't fantastic then we get gotta get away we get dexter holland on piano doing the stripped down version of gone away that you can hear on the latest album let the bad times roll then we get why don't you get a job funny great song underrated song next vastly underrated one of my favorites from this show can't get my head around you pretty fly for a white guy again pre-recorded stuff you can't replicate but a fun fun sing-along for the entire crowd and then they close out the initial set with the kids aren't all right then, of course, they come back for the encore with You're Gonna Go Far Kid and then another massive crowd-pleasing to end self esteem And as we all walked out, as a lot of bands seem to do nowadays, they played Sweet Caroline. So, They brought us in with AHA, and they lead us out with Neil Diamond. And I've already told you, one of the three best shows I've seen this year, and all my fears and trepidations about The Offspring possibly being a letdown live, all dispelled. If you have a chance to go see The Offspring, do it. They are a top-level live band. I was not disappointed in the least. Again, this is one of my top shows of the year, probably one of my top shows since the pandemic. So again, check out the offspring. If you get a chance in terms of other new music I've mentioned, we're starting to get into the slow season for new stuff. Uh, we do have one song review this week we mentioned last week the Rival Sun's second album of 2023 coming out of course that would be Lightbringer following up Dark Fighter and the first single from Lightbringer is Sweet Life which is oh, just ridiculously good it's got a double chorus. Um, it is catchy. It has got unbelievable guitar work in it, but what, what else would you expect from Rival Sons? And of course, as I mentioned in two weeks on episode 109, looking ahead, that would be September the 15th. That episode will feature my review of Smashing Pumpkins Interpol, and Rival Suns live. And of course, when Lightbringer comes out, we will have a review of that for you as well. Of course we will. But yeah, check out Sweet Life. If I haven't been able to convince you over the last year and a half that Rival Sons are worth your time, worth the investment, I don't know what else I can do. I just don't know what else I can do to convince you, even though they've been around for a long time, over a decade, Rival Sons are the here and now. I won't say the future. They are the here and now of rock and roll. All right. Two segments down, two to go. Having a good time here. Yes. I've probably upset some of you with my takes in segment one. Oh, well. Sorry, hopefully you may, I made you think about some issues, made you think about some topics that you really need to sit down with your kids, with your spouse, with yourself and think about. And again, I've always said, do not let celebrities, do not let rock and roll stars dictate your morality, dictate the way you think and feel, dictate the way you practice your religion, dictate the way you look upon other people. They are not more important than you and I. They just get a bully pulpit in front of cameras and microphones that we don't get. All right, you know what's next. Segment three, Doc Brown in the garage here at the Fortress of Rock, firing up the rock and roll DeLorean, getting it ready to go to 1.21 gigawatts. I want to go back is next quick promo break. I'll be right back. All right. Now that we've looked at the current state of music in our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history, birthdays, deaths, anniversaries of song and album releases It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned, and as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody. Segment three is always here, Friday night. On the Fortress of Rock, I want to go back our tribute to the late, great Eddie Money. This is episode 107, taping on September the 1st, 2023. I, of course, am the maestro, Kevin Crane, and you are who you are. Now, as we get the rock and roll DeLorean into the time stream, you know, I've got to take care of business at least one time during every episode. First, you have found us, you're listening, so you know at least one place where you can find the Fortress of Rock, but you do have options. Now, unfortunately, we just lost one of those options as Stitcher shut down, but you can still find the Fortress of Rock on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Audible, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Now, we also have a Facebook page, fun stuff going on every weekend with the Facebook page. We are in part two of a three part weekend rock project on the Facebook page, inspired by last weekend's Offspring concert. Last weekend, we asked for your favorite songs with the word son in the title this week, duh. We want your favorite songs with the word daughter in the title, arguably much, much harder. We got one more week of this coming and then we'll move on. But always fun to hear your choices, your opinions on the weekend rock project. And then of course, every Sunday is new music Sunday, where I post a video from YouTube featuring a brand new rock song. Cause there's not enough outlets out there for new music. I'm going to try to help you find the best in new rock and roll. So look for that every Sunday afternoon on our Facebook page. And then of course, As much as I would like to think that all the ideas, especially in this segment and segment one, sprout from my immense rock and roll brain, that's not true. That is not the case. I need help. My three main sources are ultimateclassicrock.com, thisdayinmusic.com, and the Van Halen News Desk. All right, I will admit we're a little light this week when it comes to rock and roll history unlike last week where i argued and i will still argue that august the 25th is the most significant day in rock and roll history when you add up everything that happened in history birthdays anniversaries classic moments in rock history August the 25th, still to my mind, the most significant day in rock history. Not going to say that about September the 1st. I'm putting it out there right now, but still have a couple interesting things to discuss. Let's start off with birthdays. September the 1st, 1973. Now, of course, I talked about steel Panther in segment one on the reality show, the competition show, America's got talent. So let's revisit reality TV competition, television. One of the few shows, one of the few reality shows, competition shows, whatever you want to call it that I watched and that I enjoyed that was on for two seasons was rockstar. I believe it was on CBS. I'm 99% sure of that. Now, Rockstar in its two seasons, I'm not going to do this in order, but I'm building up the drama. The one season, of course, they created a supergroup called Rockstar Supernova, which featured Dave Navarro, Jason Newstead, Tommy Lee. And then of course, the competition was who was going to be the lead singer of Rockstar Supernova. Now, the other season was when they were trying to find a lead singer to replace the late, great Michael Hutchins in NXS and both seasons were great. Again, very, very rarely do I watch reality TV. I'm not watching Discovery Channel. I'm not watching HGTV. I don't care. I have my own life to live. Why do I want to look at somebody else's life? I should be more concerned with living my life to its fullest with financial restraints, of course. But this is the way you should look at things, too. But i know a lot of you won't a lot of you are still gonna watch reality tv you're gonna watch american idol you're gonna watch house hunters or whatever stuff ghost ghost island whatever you're watching love island those shows are the worst of the worst by the way the temptation island love island garbage worst of the worst but rockstar for two seasons was spectacular. The winner of the excess season of Rockstar was Jason Benison, otherwise known as J.D. Fortune. So J.D. Fortune went on to fairly briefly become the lead singer of NXS. And he was born on this day in nineteen. 19- 73 going back to September the first of 1957 come on shake your body baby do the conga Gloria Estefan and of course she's known for her time with the Miami sound machine Gloria Estefan was born on this day in 1957 born September the 1st, 1946, you could argue one of the most underrated music stars of all time. And this is considering the fact that he's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I still don't know if he gets the credit he deserves. And that would be who I would call the leader of the Bee Gees, Barry Gibb. Barry Gibb, for about 10 to 12 years, there was no equal. No equal when it came to what he did with his brothers in the Bee Gees, what he did writing songs for other people. Barry Gibb was a rare musical talent in his prime. So Barry Gibb, born on this day in 1946, and then finally, when it comes to birthdays, country music legend, Conway Twitty, born on September the 1st, back in 1933. Moving on to anniversaries. September the 1st, 1984, long overdue. Tina Turner scores her first number one U.S. single, with what's love got to do with it now if you know anything about the history of music you know the long arduous journey tina turner went through to get to this point this moment in rock history had to be so sweet and so significant for her once again what's love got to do with it Number one single in the U.S. on this day in 1984. Tina Turner finally lands her first U.S. single. Number one on the charts. Kudos to Tina Turner. One year earlier, September the 1st, 1983, The Clash, Fire, guitarist Mick Jones, as the band starts to fracture my opinion never really living up to the legend that's kind of been thrust upon them but uh, this has happened so often in rock history we've seen it with nirvana to a point we've seen it with guns and roses um we've seen it with the clash obviously bands that didn't really put up a resume worthy of being considered all-time greats, yet somehow they still are. I have a problem with that. At least now with Guns N' Roses back, putting out some new music on tour, they're at least elevating to me their status beyond Appetite for Destruction. But The Clash... Starting to fracture on this day in 1983 by firing guitarist Mick Jones. And then finally, one of the most significant record signings of the 1970s and into the 1980s, September the 1st, 1977, Chrysalis Records sign Blondie. So there it is, kids. Doc Brown and I pulling back in to the garage at the Fortress of Rock, pulling up the drawbridge over the moat, getting ready to close up shop for another week. But he knows, you know, I know, we're not quite done yet. One brief but important segment left. One last promo break, and we will discuss... New music coming up in the next few weeks. Yes, Wrap It Up is just on the horizon. I'll be right back. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries, the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs, what albums, what concert tours? That's why we call it wrap it up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. All right, everybody. We've covered the past. We've covered the present here on the Fortress of Rock when it comes to music. Now it is time to look a little bit into the future of course we always end every episode here on the fortress of rock with wrap it up our tribute to the fabulous thunderbirds where we are going to give you a little taste a little sneak peek of what i'm going to be talking about over the next month or so so next week in preparation for the smashing pumpkins concert that i mentioned earlier I will buckle down, I will put myself through Act 3, the third disc, if you have the CD set, Act 3 of Autumn by Smashing Pumpkins will be our featured review in Breakdown next week. One can only hope it is much better than Acts 1 and 2. And then, of course, two weeks from tonight, that would be episode one hundred and nine on September the fifteenth. We will have that review of Smashing Pumpkins, Interpol, and Rival Sons live for you. We're looking at three weeks down the road, episode one hundred and ten on September the twenty second, where we'll finally get to listen to Alice cooper's new album road so that should be your featured album review and breakdown in three weeks now in the meantime we've got to listen to new songs and again just not a lot coming out right now we have talked about the fact that we're finally finally getting a new album from dirty honey We're going to review Can't Find the Breaks, the title track. Next week here on the Fortress of Rock, the second single from Dirty, Dirty Honey's upcoming album. News just broke here recently. Brian Adams has two new songs. He's finding some kind of a, a career resurgence here where he's just throwing new stuff out all over the place. New album. And of course, he had his anti-war song. I know we never reviewed it. But I'll listen to these these two new songs, see if they're worth bouncing off of you guys. In terms of reviews here on the fortress of rock the new songs from brian adams are you're awesome thank you ryan i know i am and sometimes you lose before you win so hopefully neither of these is a gloppy sappy ballad like everything i do i do it for you one of the worst songs ever recorded by a major Recording artist Peter Gabriel has another new song out I know we're still playing catch up with him just put the album out already Peter put IO out and I'll review the whole thing this piecemeal stuff is driving me crazy love can heal is the latest from Peter Gabriel I don't know if this is turning out to be a a brilliant strategy or the most irritating, ridiculous strategy in the world to basically release the entire album song by song, every new moon. I guess we'll find out. Again, sales don't matter anymore. So when he actually releases IO... I guess he's got to look at the cumulative effect of all these little releases on the new moon all throughout 2023, the money he's getting from the plays on Spotify and Pandora. He's going to be the one, along with his accountants, to tell us if this strategy is working. I personally find it absolutely irritating beyond belief. So Peter Gabriel, again, at some point, we'll play catch up, I guess, with the songs we haven't reviewed yet. Just put out the album. The Pretenders, same thing. Pretenders, not irritating in that they have been releasing song after song after song. The new album is out so instead of looking back and reviewing the three singles that have been released already we'll probably just hold off and at some point review the new pretenders album if it strikes my fancy i'm not the biggest pretenders fan so i'm not gonna make an ironclad 100 promise on that And then, of course, we still got a new song out there by Paul Rogers, Take Love. I've checked my new release radar today on Spotify, and I do not have anything more to add. I am so sorry about that. See, I'll apologize for that. I wish I had the time to dig deeper to find more different new music for you guys but i'm always looking for the big names from the world of classic rock and unfortunately right now it is a dead zone it is a dead zone for that type of music so i will do what i can to piece together some reviews of new music albums and songs for you along with the concerts which will take us through the end of September. We've still got Megadeth on the horizon. That review will be coming at the end of September. Maybe, possibly, in mid-November, looking at Dawkin and Bullet Boys. Not sure on that yet. And our usual yearly trek to see Jackal. I don't know if I mentioned this, but if I didn't, the family reunion on black friday in indianapolis is off they moved it to thanksgiving night and i'm sorry i am not doing thanksgiving night down in indianapolis there's football then basically i'm i'm very upset with them for changing the date we have been for the most part loyal jackal family members going down every Black Friday to see them, for them to pull this. And I think they're playing Black Friday now somewhere in Illinois. I feel betrayed. I feel a little betrayed. I feel like I've been stabbed in the back. So we'll see for next year about Jackal. Probably we'll try to make it work no matter what because we have a very significant celebration involved in 2024 that we have to kind of try to make the jackal thing work but for this year i'm sorry no black friday jackal review but who knows what else will pop up i'm still waiting for a full foo fighters tour with their new drummer we'll see we'll see what happens Things always pop up. Things always arise. For better, for worse. But keep one thing in mind as you enjoy, hopefully you get to enjoy a long three-day Labor Day weekend. Love the one you're with. Listen to some great rock and roll. I'm the maestro Kevin Crane, as always. Very, very glad to share an hour and a half of my life with you on Friday night to discuss the music that we all love. We'll do it again in seven days. Be safe this weekend. Don't drink and drive. Love you all. I will check you out later. I'm out.